Welcome to Enough Powered Particles. I'm Farhat, the host of the podcast. We talk with entrepreneurs and leaders about how they have solved the challenges in their life or business and how it has transformed into new inner strength in them. And with this, we want to help that you also can look at your life or business situations and see how you can solve the challenges in them and through that transform them also into new inner strengths, inner power particles in you. Enjoy the show. Hi, Roman. Hi, Farhad. Uh, thanks for coming to the podcast. I want to start with the question, what do you do today? What I'm doing today, I have my daytime job and I'm passionate about sports. And uh, what's the job? I serve as a chief operating officer in a wellness uh, company called Stebi. Yeah. Start to based on Baltic. Been there for eight years soon in December. So pretty long time yeah. of service. Seen different things. Still there, still passionate about it. And let's delve a bit deeper into Stebi. I know that it's not a simple story that you joined and then you work. There were some also ownership changes in the company. Can you share a bit what happened and what's your role in it? And I joined Stebi in 2016 in December. We were sitting in a small, let's say, private property. We didn't have any office. And then we grew and Mart Sosar was the founder. And at a certain point, the company attracted interest from financial investors and other kind of interested people. I'm not sure about my role in it because my role was and still is to keep the team together in Stebi. So as a CEO, it's a job that there is no, no kind of two similar days. <laughs> it's always different. Through the whole time, I tried to just uh, keep the show running <laughs> yeah. in Stevie. Yeah. yeah. But what uh, I remember in the news, there was this uh, MBO story about uh, Stebi. Can you share a bit about it? Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm not sure how much can I share about it, but... Uh, as much as you feel <laughs> as <much> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's when the founder, Marty, decided to move to the new challenges with new company, there was free kind of three guys, me and two guys more from the company who in one fund put together, how to say, buyout offer for Martin, kind of 20 like this. So yeah. you and two other guys plus the fund? Actually, it's five of us plus fund. Oh, yeah. five of you plus yeah, fund. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. This is an interesting experience. Not many people have this in the startup world. Can you... Uh, and, I, and I won't ask you how much you paid mm. or what, but the more this, what was your personal decision-making process there when you were evaluating if to do it, if to join it, if not to join it, pros and cons. Uh, and then in retrospect, what do you see, what you did right, what you did not do right? During this process, I was in a place where I actually wasn't maybe too much aware of what's going on because it was first experience for me. Which this with this type of a deal, and I relied basically on my partners most of the time. So it helped me a lot because I was mostly involved in the operational part of this process. Trusted more experienced partners to do the rest. Mm-hmm. My one kind of my job was to keep this to keep Stabby working through the process because it's not one day process it's quite a lengthy thing so i was offered to chip in and as i been steady for long i truly believe in the company and the people in, of the company so it wasn't a question for me to join or not 
like to join or like to be in Stabi or to leave Stabi or I just took it as a new opportunity. And as I mentioned, I wasn't aware what kind of challenges will will it bring because I didn't have any experience with that. But yeah, it, it was stressful. It was mentally demanding, <laughs> I would say. But at the end of the day, now looking back, thanks to your question, looking back to my decision-making process or like what how I operated at that time, it was not survival mode, but I was under kind of pressure. And I believe that I put a lot of pressure to myself, by myself, mm-hmm. let's say, because it was the situation where now I take it pretty lightly. I would do it again. Yeah. I, uh, but back then I was stomach is sick and you're like feeling out of balance. During the MB or after? Or During the process. During the process, yeah. yeah? What, yeah. what was causing this? Were there also some emotional, like frictions with the people or uh, just not, the business? Uh, not exactly frictions with the people. We've been working together with Marty for quite a long time. Yeah. Uh, I'm a person who have this tendency to, to get attached to people. And like it was the one part yeah. of it. You were friends, yeah? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, Now we don't maybe get in touch too often, but yeah. we've still been through some stuff like together with uh, with Stabi and uh, we weren't on the same page all the time but I still value really value Marty like in that sense uh-huh. but how so you were COO before and you remained the COO Marty was CEO mm-hmm. he uh, sold out and then in his place there's a new CEO yes and how the CEO transition happened from your perspective it wasn't like Marty was CEO and then suddenly wasn't. Actually, we had Kistutis, one Lithuanian guy who, who was CEO, CEO during the deal. As already? Well. Yeah, already. Already then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was not so abrupt change, actually. No, it wasn't like we just cut from here and other people take it from there. Yeah, okay. It's pretty solid kind of management team already in place. Just new guys came in with their own expertise as well. Yeah. Yeah, for me the the biggest challenge was uh, I would say dealing with unknown because I didn't have any experience, so I was like, what's going to happen if this, what's going to happen if that, and now looking back I understand that I would take it more lightly <laughs> if I had another chance, but maybe I would obtain like less gray hair. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it went. It was really vivid experience, I would say. Because there are not a few situations when the original founders of the company would like to exit, but there are still management people who would like to stay and continue leading the company, but they do not gather together this courage and momentum to, okay, let's do it, let's find a fund, let's do the MBO. Mm. What would you say to these people? Because what I hear from you is that it, as if almost felt it will be harder than it was, if you are now saying yeah, that you should have yeah. taken it more lightly. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting question. To I'm not maybe in a position to like, give an advice to somebody to take things lightly or not lightly, but I think what Stebi experienced is that things went logical way. Yeah. It's not yeah. We we didn't start to search for a fund or like search for some exit opportunities. Yeah. It went really logically because Marty was given more than enough to, to stay be yeah. to a certain point and then decided to move on. And like this kind of sequence of events just led us to the 
kind of logical solution. New people came in who believe still no, like believed in the company and obtained the shares and and uh, we, we remained in management and okay respecting the privacy of or uh, confidentiality of all the details but uh, just for someone who's listening and doesn't have this mbo experience what is actually happening so a fund comes in who become shareholders who are not shareholders anymore can you at, at least on some mm-hmm. general lines or also using your practical example but respecting what cannot be shared cannot so what is actually happening in the MBO process with the cap table, with the, how each is involved? Previous, share, previous shareholders out, yeah. <laughs> uh, fund uh, with majority in, yeah. and uh, uh, and the management uh, with the minority stakes in. Basically, that's like in a nutshell how it how it how it went. And meaning man- management who now have minority before that also had minority or didn't have any shares we had some shares which converted like because we had this shareholders contracts as well yeah. but management shares increased as a result of this or stayed on approximately the same level i would say they stayed approximately on the same level yeah. uh-huh. okay uh, so this means that this practically only the majority shareholding changed yes yeah. the management team otherwise but how is because when it's uh, co-founder with co-founder shares in the company then usually they are actively impacting what's happening in the company how is it now with fund how this mm. dynamic has changed i would i would say that the fund lets us as a management operate quite freely mm-hmm. with the business direction and the team doesn't interfere much uh, in that sense now, of course we have our goals we need to like deliver results as well but what we're doing like on day to day in the company concerning the business we are in it's up to us so meaning there's of course it differs from fund to fund mm-hmm. but in this case you are quite free and you don't feel this that you are being actively controlled or managed right no i don't feel like i personally i why i'm maybe state instead before that long is that I always had challenges and I always had trust and the freedom to do things yeah according to my best knowledge or the best expertise I can find everywhere else so yeah I currently in a good place in that sense so I feel like I'm in a good place in this sense when you talk about all this thing I uh, perceive you as being the confident and uh, that you're very stable in where you are. Um, where was it like that uh, from the beginning or this confidence grew? Mm, confidence grew, yeah. Certainly, because when I came to Sport ID back then, we rebranded in, in, in some point. Then I didn't know what startup means. What is this? I came from like corporation. You came from a corporate. <laughs> I, I came from Telia. And I really, I had, right away, I had the sense that this breed of fresh air the guy sitting in the private property house in Veriku street in Tartu and there is no kind of strict nine to five stuff there's every everything does every everything and you are pretty much involved in in, in all the stuff at, uh, at first it was for me overwhelming but I think being here or so in sport ID I started to feel that I really starting to understand something about like business we are in yeah and I really enjoyed co- like working with, together with people who is o- also were like really young and and they there wasn't burden for the ideas let's say 
By the way, this what you said is a very important point. Uh, approximately a year passed and, and you started to understand the things. Mm -hmm. I, I think this is a very reasonable thing that you said. But people do not have this reasonable expectation when hiring. In when we do hiring, we expect that, okay, a newcomer will come somewhere in sea level. After two months, they will be already on full sales doing. But it's not so, actually. It takes really time to understand things. Mm. Even if you come from other startup, you still need to understand the context, the microsystem, macrosystem, people. Yeah, yeah. No, it was maybe it was a year, maybe it was even a little bit longer in that sense. Just I was given freedom to learn. No one kind of really mentored me. I was just I came in and was like floating around. Like I see how I know development works, how sales works. Like at the time, customer. I I came to Stabit to to establish the customer service function as such because we already had some clients who needed support, and. Uh, I always was really close to the founder. No, it, the the atmosphere and the culture was in a way that founder was always there, and every everyone was really close in good, in in wins and in losses. So yeah, for me it was just I'm in environment when I'm free to learn as much as I can, as fast as I possibly can. I have one, one more question about work and then would like to also switch to more private. But about work, uh, you are COO and uh, for quite a long time. Uh, what is this uh, dynamic between COO and CEO? Uh, how one is different from another? And what do you see is a good way to approach it? And what are maybe some mistakes that you've gone through or challenges that you've gone through? I had. Three CEOs. <laughs> Three CEOs <laughs> in, in uh, this company. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's pretty complicated to maybe analyze it. But my first year in the position was like literally improve everything you touch. It was all my job. I, I was trying to, first of all, understand the turbulence of the environment as I was in the company and was granted the position of, of the COO. I was like, okay, what? No. I di again, I didn't have any previous experience. I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's try. Let's give it a try. And then I start. I started to look at the company, which I spent by that moment, like a couple of years, from like different perspective. Like it was the same company, but when I took the position, started to think, started to, to observe the things from different angle. I was like, oh, it's not going to be an easy ride. And of course, the CEO has always his own kind of vision and perception of things. And then you from operations, you need to take care of uh, people like down the org chart, let's say, or depends on how organization is built. The first thing that I learned is to listen to the CEO. Because this CEO type of people, or I don't know, they often have a vision. They, they, they shall have a vision, but they not maybe always too strong in verbalizing it. So okay. you need you need to be able to sense what the guy wants to say and where this company can go or shall go by according to his kind of uh, perception. Yeah, I I personally like when the CEO is more outgoing person, extrovert yeah. than introvert than introvert because I'm also like more extrovert person and I can feel these things that one CEO may think of or yeah. So I I, I prefer extroverts and CEO position, being COO. Okay. 
and, and but what is this line? What does CEO do and what does COO do ideally? Or maybe there's this all overlapping part and how do you filter out the overlapping part? Mm. The overlapping part is the context that uh, CEO sh shall create for the whole company. And my job is take this context and extrapolate it through the, all the partners down the chart. What do you mean with context? Where we are going, what we are doing, like what for. It's a business still, after all, like we're doing for money, but what is the greater idea of that? What are values? What we value? Often, like companies have values printed on the wall or something like that. Yeah. But my job is the CEO to detect what are real values, what we really value in employees, what we want to give them like as leaders. Yeah. So it's pretty much what I expect from CEOs to give me the context and vision and I will take it from there. Just to understand the last question here, how in, in structure is it their CEO, then the COO and what, who else is in C-level, meaning what, what teams are you as COO leading and what teams CEO is directly leading? That's tricky. <laughs> in, your, in your company, because there's no golden formula, actually. But... Yeah, there's no. Like, you, as a CEO, you shall be, like, available for all stuff, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking care of, kind of, products, uh, HR, client services, let's say, like, customer service and related, some other kind of... We don't have all, we don't have all the teams, like, sitting in departments. We have these teams without borders as well. Like, we call it units where people are free to organize and bring expertises together based on the problem or topic they are going to resolve. Okay. Yeah, so it's not, we don't have the strict structure that boom, sales. What about marketing? Is it? Uh... Yeah, mar in marketing we have, we have a person who is in charge for marketing, head of marketing. With sales we have chief of business development. No, it's 52 people already in Steady, so it's pretty... Uh... But the uh, head of marketing, for example, uh, they report to you or to CEO? To, more to the CEO. To the CEO, yeah. yeah. So, so these lines of reporting in our companies, we are in constant communication. So the rep how, what, do, what do we mean uh, under the reporting? Do I sense correctly that uh, activity is more related to getting people in the system are more CEO's responsibility and then for the system to work properly and to serve clients, it's more your side? Yeah. It's more or less like this, yeah. But again, we are on top of these topics altogether within the board. So yeah. we are not the board sitting elsewhere. Which roles are in the board? Uh, there is a CFO, CEO, COO, head of marketing, and chief of business development, basically. Okay. And you as COO are responsible for HR processes also? HR processes as well, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, so you've covered uh, the whole spectrum in the board. Okay. I take care of, basically, to, to conclude, I take care of, of, of the company to, in a sense, that it shall run, show yeah. must go on, mm -hmm. on day to day. So you come in the company and become immediately COO, three CEOs have changed and you strike me as a confident person being in the right place in the right time. What makes you to be such a person? Can you share a bit about your private life, looking back? What are your defining life experiences? I, yeah, I didn't, let's imagine 2016, I joined Sport ID back then. 2015, I didn't think that I can even claim, 
climb somewhere in the ladder. I'm, I'm coming from a city of Kohtla Jarve, it's northeast Estonia. So it's a kind of a Russian region. People speak Russian there mostly, so I do. And I decided to come study to Tartu in 2008. When I arrived to Tartu, I spoke a really small like of Estonian language. I didn't, I didn't speak English almost at all. And, and let's give context for people who don't know Estonia. So the, the, the two cities we are speaking about is your hometown is uh, mostly Russian speaking. Yeah. Yes. And Tartu is mostly Estonian speaking. Yeah, exactly. As exactly. far as I know. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you, yeah. you almost got into a place where there's language and maybe even culture, quite big differences. I moved from one country to another country, basically. In the same country. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, How yeah. was it? Um, challenging. Uh, but what helped me that I started to live in the dormitory with Estonian guys. So I, I played football for a long time and I still like serving as a goalkeeper's coach as well in local club. So everywhere where, where I was participating either in football or like in the summer jobs, like waiter in the cafe or barman or whatever, everywhere there was like Estonian language is a working language. So I obtained it uh, really fast. So you learned Estonian properly? No, basically, yeah. I had some base in school. I actually respect to my teachers. It really helped me to pick, to pick the language uh, faster. And I, I think that the ability to adapt is the thing that led me to certain success. Ability to adapt? Yeah, to the situations, to the to, to challenges as well. But adapting is the main word, I would say. But in this example, it's not only adapting maybe is the mindset, but then follows the action that you actually learn the language, you actually do the stuff, right? Mm, I would, yeah, I would count it on, under adapting. If I decided for myself that I love this, I love this city. I actually, I love Tartu really much. Uh, I didn't have any other chance. I, if I want to live here, I need to somehow integrate myself in this this reality. So I need to adapt to this. So you, but to come to Tartu, why did you decide to do that? Was it because of studies or? Yeah, because of studies, but I was visiting Tartu when I was really a small kid, 10 or 12. I really liked the city, the center of the city. And I remember I told my father back then I was 12 that uh, I, one day I will live in Tartu. Okay. But I didn't mean that it wasn't the goal of itself. I just yeah. came to here because here was the opportunity to study in Russian in University of Tartu back then. So I... I started uh, to become uh, a teacher of Russian language. Didn't happen. <laughs> and and I dropped out, of course, at some point because the, because of the job that I wanted to do and uh, and so on. So following feeling, you came to Tartu and then you are into sports and that linked you into sports ID, yeah. which turned into Stebi and they also adapted to situation of the MBO, MBA. And MBO. <laughs> Unfortunately, it didn't lead me to MBA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let us jump into one more uh, topic. Being in a startup and then scale-up management team, what about the work-life balance? Because I, I look at you, you are looks you are actively in sports also. So how do you manage work, sports, I assume there's also some private life and relationship besides work. So how do you manage and how do you find balance? That's maybe the most complicated question of them all today. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to manage as I'm not uh, 
maybe the best practitioner of healthy work-life balance. How many hours do you work usually per week? Depends. I try to be in the office from as, as employees do, to be around them. Uh, but I often work in the evenings as well. Or I have goalkeeping coach, coaching sessions in the evening as well. It's certainly not 40 hours per week, it's more. But I can't estimate, I don't know. 50-60? or something, 60. maybe. Yeah. Okay. So it's definitely having an impact on the private life. Uh, Are you in a relationship? Yeah, I have uh, a fiancé and uh, I have a daughter, five years old. Oh, so you have a fiancé and, uh, yeah, and a yeah, daughter. Yeah. And how do those two women in your life experience this, that you are, if you are 60 hours at work and then plus sport, how, how much time do you spend in sports? Per week, eight hours maybe. So okay. coaching sessions, you need to prepare and yeah. go there and be there. Like they, I believe they understand this. That because my fans, she has also hobbies and stuff. But I'm feeling myself that maybe now I am in the position where I should take a little bit slowly. Being a mentor for CEOs and C level. We often start with the business topics, but sooner or later we get to the family relationship yeah. topic. And this saying, happy wife, happy life, is quite true. It's yeah. impacting many things. Can we talk about this a bit? What are your experiences and what challenges have you had and what learnings have you gotten from this? I would say that happy wife, happy life is inarguable truth <laughs> <laughs> and I also quite I have this quite strong so I would say that I can say that my fiance let's say it wife is happy to I don't know 100% I still have a pretty plenty room for improvement in that sense because I'm the person who can do one can do one thing at a time so if i'm into work then i'm 100% like into work and when i'm into sports then i'm into sports 100% at that period of time when i'm in you're uh, not speaking about hours in a day but yeah it's not I, I i give a coaching session and then 2 hours and then it's done it's the same day I start already in my head. Okay, I have session in the evening. I, I start thinking about it yeah. already. So with the family, it's it's almost like this. I during the week, I'm there, and I'm not there as well, because I I still like I come home from work and I st still process like work thoughts a lot. In your head, you are still yeah, 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 at work. I, I, yeah, yeah. And it's the switch for me is pretty hard. That's why my fiance told me that hey, like. You you are not. She's pretty straightforward. You are not good at family life. And so she uh, told you. That. Yeah, I need to take that because because she's right. It's maybe because I I didn't experience the good happy family life in my as a youngster. I don't have a clear good example of happy family life which my fiance has, and uh, that's the point where I think that I do it all to make my family happy. And I, I often think that I am quite okay. I did this for my family, so they could be happy about that. But at the same time, family needs already something else. 
Yeah. And I'm always, like in sports, I'm always two steps behind. <laughs> you feel <laughs> so, yeah? Yeah, I feel like I'm always two steps behind in that sense. So yeah, and this is a huge challenge and in the relationship for me, which I'm currently dealing with or try to deal with. Yeah. But usually we you know, look at ourselves today, if we are, we always can find things where something could be improved. But if you compare yourself to yourself, let's say, three years ago, how you were in relationship with the partner, what has changed in you and in ways how you are in the relationship and what you do and approach it? I think three years, if we look three years back, I wasn't aware <laughs> of uh, what family life really means. My daughter, Ravenna, was two at the time and when Ravenna came to this world again two steps behind the situation like I all usually am in family life I was thinking that I'm ready to start a family life I wasn't and every year I feel like I'm developing as a father as a partner but I'm still not there if we take the scale of five then three years ago, I was like between one and two somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but what has changed? If you what do. has changed? Uh, I think that uh, I'm not maybe taking the work over my family anymore, which I did at the beginning, like this. It's hard to, uh, how to say, hard to acknowledge or like hard to say even to myself when even my fiance says me like you while you work over the family and then no I'm not like I'm not that kind of a jerk I'm not like workaholic or something but when I have these quiet moments when I like can look in myself into myself then I need to admit that yeah it is it's true that's why I, at the beginning I I said that uh, she is most of the time very straightforward and, and true is right as well giving this uh, quick personality analysis to me <laughs> and you sounds you approach her what she shares her sharings in a productive way that you take it and then you use it for some change because other way would be to say no I'm not yeah but living in the family even if you say that no I'm not and it's your problem then it's problem will become your problem very fast anyway yeah yeah so I try to listen to her even if she says that you are not listening to me then I listen I just I'm a slow thinker I need to take this information in take a pause and then with, when I have a quiet moment just process it a little bit for a longer period of time I take her criticism or her like feedback always it's I take it seriously it's painful but at the end of the day she is 99% right but it's not that maybe you are not slow thinker but what I wanted to say is that it's normal for men to process uh, these types of things taking time to process because it's not that someone now came and told you do this Instead, someone came and told you this is like that and then you need time to figure out, okay, 
how do I use this information, what do I do with it, so it works for me, so it works for others. Mm. So I just want to normalize that it's absolutely okay to take time for these processes. I, I also think that it's completely okay, not, you, you should not keep the pace all the time with kind of with people around you, like you, you should be able to take time and think about, even about feedback that the life like gives you. So yeah, I do not uh, go into the defense. Like that's one important thing that's to highlight. So if someone's listening us, he's in management of a company and he feels that the relationship with the wife or girlfriend or fiance has gone gray. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> What's your, uh, from your experience, what would you tell to that person? Don't speak about work at home. Okay. Don't bring the work to home. When your daughter starts to starts telling you that daddy likes to spend time with the colleagues more than with me, then you are in trouble. Uh -huh. And I was there and I'm not out of there still. Uh -huh. Don't just don't bring this stuff home. Don't tell your wife that this colleague this interesting thing to me or, or not interesting or like I get this feedback or that don't discuss this stuff at home okay but then instead do what discuss usual stuff it's some sometimes it's really important to discuss how pasta tastes how you've been and how your daughter been in kindergarten I don't know what to watch in the evening like how I don't know like, shall we go to to the forest or or shall we drive or go to the cinema or something like that so relationship topics uh, yeah this, the week of yeah i would not underestimate the usual organization of life which when you 100 percent into work then everything else becomes a little bit gray for yeah. you ah, okay we need like what do we eat like at the evening i don't care like i'm just tired i just want it Oh, but uh, if you work. don't bring work to home mentally, yeah. then things that are happening at home become for you much more vivid. They obtain color, and which is really important because when you come home, you have your work problems or whatever, you're maybe not in a good place mentally or something like that. Then for me, this, making a switch is really hard, but it, it helps to family sees when you're not there, especially children. Yeah, but I want to add here, maybe there's a difference between two or three types of conversation about work. One is that you would come in the evening and then you would just retell day's events. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think, okay, and then the second example that you come in the evening and you complain, ah, this, that, and that, this, mm -hmm. and that, that. The second type is quite heavy, dark energy. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is that I come home and I have a big decision to make at work. Yes, I don't know. Let's say the same MBO. Uh, mm -hmm. Should I do it? Should I not? How to do it? Or sh shall I hire or fire someone? So these big decisions, I would still suggest in this third category to talk about it and hear and ask the wife, what do you mm -hmm. feel about this? Because this impacts us quite mm -hmm. large, yes? But this complaining, yes, uh, but then the question is what to do with it. These talks still are in your head. You can't just switch yeah. off, you are not AI. 
so meaning the conclusion is it's not productive and helpful every evening to complain at home yeah, yeah, yeah. or just whine about how things are but you still have inner pressure about how things are what to do about it where to put it sports helps me sport helps me a lot to lower the temperature in my head yeah work wise uh, and actually you mentioned like fair thing fair point about the decisions yeah these types of things i try to bring home like cause yeah. women they perceive stuff differently yeah and this bigger is, antennas uh, yeah and see stuff from different angle and huge help to organize your thoughts as well like when you discuss these big decisions let's say or shall i don't know do something at work like big really significant meaningful yes then yes but yeah i was talking about this kind of like it said dark energy oh then i have so much work to do who cares like your five-year-old daughter doesn't care about it like, yes yes uh, but if you verbalize it then one thing that remains to her is that ah daddy has a lot of work to do period like I don't want this to I don't want my daughter to go to the kindergarten like to some event and when somebody asks her what's your daddy is about and my daughter answers my daddy has a lot of work to do mm-hmm. that would be like then I then I'm done no? then the, I, I don't want uh, this to happen that's what I'm currently on the path of regulating myself in that sense and taking feedback from my wife seriously. This means that you need to find a way how you switch off work yeah. in you after work hours are over. And you say sports helps. But you actually said a while ago here that also it's a matter of perspective to, to take things lighter, uh, that they're not absolutely important. Yes, they are important, but they're not absolutely important. They're not number one thing in life. Yeah, besides sports, I'm actually, I like drawing, for example. Like Dr- I, drawing? Yeah, yeah, I draw a lot. I even draw in the meetings, so my me, my notebook pretty much consists of different drawings. But my team accepts it. This it, it doesn't mean that I'm not there. I just focus better and I listen better. And, uh, and at home I draw with my daughter uh, a lot, just different things. Yeah. I remember what you said that if you focus fully on work, then everything else becomes gray. Yeah. Yeah. So, does it mean that you should have like X number of equal priorities in life, or family is number one and then work is number two? So, what's your system? How do you feel it now? I would say I am better in setting priorities in work than setting priorities in the personal ah, life. No, no, I mean, if there's you and then you look, there's work, family, sports, health. Is it for you now so that the family is number one and everything yeah. else number two? Or they are equal? Uh, because what I hear you saying that work is not 90% of your life and then 10% everything else. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Now I, I'm on the path to make family the priority number one because I it's funny to say but I need to learn how to be a part of the family how to contribute okay this all like house and everything like sorted out I was like let's say you mentioned three years ago 
I was thinking that this is the thing that one man should do for the family, but it, it doesn't mean that much compa compared to the time that you can allocate to your family. Yeah. So my, my current priority is, is to fix or fi to get myself to the point when I can say that I contribute to the family on different levels, not only this everyday stuff, but, but being, really being the part of the family. But there can also be opposite deviation. Imagine if you would be spending, let's say, half of your awake time with family and work like, ah, it's bringing in some money, I don't care. This could also backlash, actually, in time. At least if I was the, mm -hmm. the woman, I would, with time, start to feel that you are wasting your potential. Why don't you go and accomplish something yes i mean the truth is somewhere in between of yeah, those yeah, two, yeah, two yeah. states yeah i get no i'm still a kind of i'm still a professional kind of idea oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's not even about you i was yeah. theorizing just so that to, to show that there's this opposite problem possible as well and and, and the balance is in between i i, I definitely not the guy who would stay be a stay home dad or something yes no, no i think even my wife wouldn't trust me like to do this because it will be havoc like at home yeah <laughs> but but yeah i get your point yeah i'm not i'm not considering not kind of performing at work at all <laughs> it's not like the way i want to go <laughs> yeah also can you share maybe and this with this we can move to concluding the conversation if let's come back to this situation is gray at home yeah and usually when situation is gray then for both sides it's hard to change it one starts to talk another is ah you are anyway pretending or how to get the ball rolling to to bring back colors no, now you address the wrong specialist, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> From your experience? I think it's like doing things together. What, like personally, like what problem I had that we, with my wife, we see life pretty differently. And finding the common interest even is challenging from time to time. But you find it. We have, yeah, she, she's also like into sports. She's a photographer like of a basketball team and uh, we go there and we have in this common environment. I also yeah. visit every game. So. so yeah, but we are still like working on it. We both love nature. I, she's maybe less creative. I'm more creative. So we go out there. I see for one thing, she sees for different things. But but it's really complex. I would say a really complex topic: how to make your family life from gray to 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 colorful. I think there's no like single recipe. Maybe then we can conclude with the what you already said that it's a matter of perspective and priorities. Yeah. Because women are more into relatedness and relationship. Mm -hmm. Men are more into usually more into doing and accomplishing things, and then to have this balance also that. I, as a man, find a way, so we find time for relatedness besides doing things. Yeah. No, I would put it like, where my mindset, like if I look into myself, where, I, where my mindset should change. Again, like you mentioned, three years ago, like my mindset was, I am warrior, I go out of the door and I breathe, need to bring elephant back home, then we can eat elephant or like mammoth, whatever. Yes. Like now I'm with tiny steps, try to 
go to the point where I go out there, bring this mammoth home and I help my wife to cook it off as well. <laughs> I would like metaphorically said, this is the conclusion, the change of mindset. So I'm not like, yeah, achieving something, doing thing, delivering some, something else, but it's the most important is to, you did your part. You should do it anyway, but then you should roll your sleeves and help your family to at home as well, either like with the hard things or like soft things or how to name them like either atmosphere wise even because if, if you are if you're just sitting on the couch and you i don't know just the element of decoration at home like tired coo at uh, home yeah. you just yeah a piece of whatever then it doesn't add any value to your family life so and there in the argument that i did it all i i don't know brought food on the table or whatever it, like it doesn't work like that that's not that nobody will clap their hands like the home oh that brought us the kefir from maximum no come on that's not you need to commit all the time just and often i feel tired that oh, I, I committed to work now i commit to like family life but it's a whole different things and i at the moment make really tiny steps towards enjoying both at the same time yeah. and make uh, towards making the switch between them not that i switch from one let's say obligation but i don't take like work and stay as an obligation like i li- really enjoy it to another obligation that i need to deliver something at home be with daughter or do something yeah, there. yeah. Uh, like the, that that's the, the really hard challenge for me at the moment but i still be- believe that i have chances <laughs> to that i'm able to like learn or develop let's say in that sense okay time for us to conclude the conversation already it was if i would uh, summarize it with the, what was the theme for me the theme was work life family balance pretty much it yeah pretty much it okay thank you roman Thank you for having